0: the only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeliteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off.
1: rule um, is to shop around every six to 12 months because that is about how often car insurance companies actually change their pricing models, their algorithms, if you will. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hey, ETM listeners, so great to have you back for this episode. It's guaranteed to put money back in your wallet. So if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I love to travel and really hope to get back to traveling soon. (laughs) But when I do travel, I always check comparison sites like Kayak, Expedia, TripAdvisor, all my favorite sites to find the best deals because you know I love to have fun, but I also love to save money. So I thought, why not do the same for your car insurance? This episode might feel like I'm trying to force feed you your veggies, but I promise talking about car insurance with Nicole Beck, who is head of communications at The Zebra, will change how you feel. So Nicole is sharing the four biggest factors that go into what you pay for car insurance. Why having the cheapest policy isn't always the best idea, when to shop for new insurance, this will blow your mind, how to save money right away, and what the heck to do if you're actually in a car accident. You have full permission to hit the pause button right now, go grab your car insurance policy, and follow along. This is one of the episodes where you're going to learn everything about car insurance that nobody taught you. All right, let's get talking. All right, Nicole, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Not only are we talking about money, we're talking about car insurance. So We might feel like we're like eating our veggies as well, but this is real life stuff that I think is really important and we need to talk about this. So I'm hoping we can make this both educational and and a little bit entertaining. I agree, it's not super glamorous, but I think it will be super helpful. It's funny, like car insurance is one of those things that we get it when we first start driving a car and then we tend to not think about it ever Mm -hmm. again. Uh, I know that it took me until I was getting my CFP that I was like, oh, you know what, I should actually, I should actually look at my car insurance, I should actually make sure I have the right type of coverage. And I bet you get asked this question all the time. But I think just to start out, what are some of the biggest misconceptions or even myths about car insurance that, that we need to know about?
1: I think there's two biggies. So the first one is that you don't have any control over what you pay. That's definitely a myth. And I'm happy to break down. I know over the course of our conversation, we'll talk through all those little pieces that go into it that you do have control over. For example, your credit score, whether or not you buy a new car or a used car, even your zip code. Um, the second biggest myth that I would say that affected me personally, too, is that thinking that it's one size fits all. And it's really not. You know, Insurance is supposed to be Customized to you, the customer, the driver. Um, for example, I used to live in Boston, Massachusetts, and I did not have a car. I took the train everywhere. Um, nice. And then when I moved to Texas, I was like, oh, geez, I need to get insurance <laughs> for the first time. But I was in my 20s, single, rented an apartment. Now, fast forward many years later, I'm married, I own a home, there's two cars in my household. There are two very different insurance companies that for those two very different needs. So it would have been a mistake to stay with my old one and it would have been a mistake to get a quote for my new one back in the day.
0: I like that story a lot and I I think we're going to talk about car insurance in what you're referring to is we're in different life stages and yes. different life stages requires us to look at almost everything with our money kind of overhaul it all at once. So why do we I guess the question is, like, why do we just stick with the same insurance that we have? Is it just because this is a topic we don't really want to deal with? Yeah, we're creatures of habit. But also, if
1: you think about turning on the TV or opening up Hulu, the car insurance industry spends billions of dollars every year with really important characters, you know, the Geico Gecko, Flow from Progressive. (laughs) Like, those are people they want you to know and remember and feel part of those clubs and just stay and renew and in many instances, that's great. And that's what you should do. But there's certainly a lot of other instances where you need to shop around just to make sure you're going to switch. But it's not hard to see why people say, you know, that advertising is bombarding you. And we're creatures of habit. It's easy to put stuff on autopilot. I feel like that's how gyms make all their money yes. too, right? Is that even if you're not going like, well, what's 25 bucks a month, it's easier than looking around.
0: Yeah. And the gyms sitting there over over there thinking like, yeah, okay, they're not coming to the gym, but we're still collecting their $25. Exactly. <laughs> So then when is a good time to to shake things up and to look at getting a new policy? That is a great question. Blanket rule um, is to shop
1: around every 6 to 12 months because that is about how often car insurance companies actually change their pricing models, really? their algorithms, if you will. Yeah. And those are all changed on a state-by-state basis. So when we say 6 to 12 months, it's not some kind of schedule that everyone in America changes over their rates but that's about how often it takes for them to adjust to the the marketplace so for example if a hurricane hits the coast of South Carolina they're losing a bunch of money they'll have to adjust their rates to make up for that they'll have to get the state regulator to approve that and then the new rates will go into effect similarly if they've been taking in a bunch of money they should lower rates that does happen believe it or not um and so I don't that's why we encourage <laughs> yeah i know most people don't um but that's why we encourage that and the same token, if you have any huge life event, definitely shop then. Get married, move, get a new car, teen driver, et cetera. All
0: right. So you bring up the word shopping. So I'm just thinking about if I'm listening now and I'm thinking, okay, it's probably time that I, that I go shop. How do we even know what we're looking for? Like, what are we shopping for?
1: Yeah. So what you're shopping for is the most appropriate coverage for you and your car in your stage of life. So I work at the zebra.com. We are an aggregator, right? We show you everything in one place like Google flights or kayak.com. If you will, for travel, we show you that for your car insurance. So you can just look and browse and say, Hey, look, I'm actually in a pretty good deal here. I'm paying better than what I see on here. Or you can say, wait a second, I didn't know, I could see these savings. So we're really talking about comparing rates and not in an old school way where you pull up four different tabs of four different companies you know. There are hundreds of insurance companies out there, some that you've made never heard of, and that could be the ticket to cheaper savings if that's what you're after.
0: Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of the four tab method. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's a lot of people.
0: And I think it's really important to, I I like to talk about this for for just a second. We tend to think of car insurance just when we get in an accident. But Mm -hmm. uh, about, oh gosh, now 10, 15 years ago, uh, I was out on a Saturday afternoon, lived in a house and came home, opened the garage door and my car was gone. I thought, okay, that's weird. I was like going through my memory database thinking about, did I give my keys to anyone? Did my parents take my car? And we went in the house and noticed that like a few things were askew. And then it kind of hit us that the car had actually been stolen. Oh a- my gosh. Saturday I'm afternoon. So I know. Scary. Just sunny day out, you know, nice neighborhood. And So when, when the police came and then I ended up filing with my car insurance company, they said, well, if you, if you don't get your car back within 30 days, you're, we're not going to recover your car. So it had passed the 30 days. They had paid me out for, for the car. I went out and bought a new car and then about two weeks later they ended up finding my car wow and so then i had two cars (laughs) (laughs) so then i ended up selling my old car because it just felt a little taboo to be driving around my my stolen car but Mm. i i like to share that story because we again we tend to only think about car insurance in terms of i'm getting in an accident but there are lots of other ways where car insurance comes in handy. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. A lot of people think about that. And you can think about car insurance protection in two ways. One, protection from liability. And that's the part that the law requires. So that's if you're out there, you're driving recklessly and you hit someone else's car, the law requires you to have insurance to cover that other person's loss in the event that you are the one at fault. But there's a second type called comprehensive and collision, and that's what covered you in your stolen car. That would be what covers somebody who has hail damage to the hood of their car. If a tree branch falls on them, if a deer runs in front of the road, that is the type that a lot of people choose not to get because they don't want to pay a little bit more each month, but may come in really handy if you need to use it. So um, certainly make sure that you can take a, an accurate look at the landscape of what you have the expenses coming up because you may be saving $20 a month. But in the case that your car is stolen, that's a lot more expensive to replace that car than those $20 a month over a couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean it was fantastic the day that check arrived, and yeah. I was able to go out and purchase a car because I, I lived in Los Angeles. I needed a car to get around, mm-hmm. and was extraordinarily thankful for the car insurance that I had that I had never essentially needed for many many years since I started driving at at sixteen. Knock on some serious hardwood. I've never been in a car accident, right. uh, but I was I was just really grateful that. That I had that coverage and that 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 check came in the mail and that it ended up the way it did. But I thought about other people who would be in the situation, like you said, who maybe would not opt for that coverage just to save a little bit of money and then end up having to go out and, you know, rebuy a few thousand dollar plus car. I mean, that's that's a huge expense.
1: It is significant. And the thing that's interesting about car insurance is that it's a product that nobody wants to use. (laughs) So (laughs) you hope that you never need it, right? Nobody wants to get in an accident or deal with replacing a stolen car. But like you said, it can just be such a blessing if you do have it when you need it, because it takes all that headache away from you having to deal with it on your own.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if we could roll up our sleeves a little bit and dive into, you mentioned liability coverage, you mentioned comprehensive, there are lots of other choices in the menu, I guess I should say, when we're talking mm-hmm. about car insurance. I was wondering if we could talk through maybe each of those, if you want to kind of go down a punchline, like some things that you think we really need to have, and then some things where maybe we could think about it. And are there any guidelines for how much coverage to actually have?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the short answer is that it really depends on you, your risk tolerance, and your assets. How much you have? Is your car very expensive? Or is your car on its last leg like a beater worth about a couple thousand dollars, you know? You don't need to insure Good it for point, a million yeah. dollars uh, if, if it's in an accident. It's going to cost more to fix than to replace. So definitely the first thing on the punch list would be state minimum. That is required by law everywhere, all 50 states and DC. The various levels of that depend on which state you're living in, but that's the cheapest insurance you can get and what you need to drive off of the lot. Um, So that would be step one. Um, So the next step would be to look at your deductible and premiums, which are scary insurance words, it's in health insurance too, but what it really means is how much you pay each month versus how much you're going to have to pay in a lump sum should you need to file a claim. So for example, if you're in an accident, that's about $3,000 worth of damage. If your deductible is only $500, that's all you pay. And the insurance company pays the balance of that rest of $3,000. If your deductible is $1,000, then you're out $500 more in that instance. But you have been paying less each month. So you can make that determination. Do you do you not drive that much? Do you maybe just drive to the grocery store a couple times a week because you work at home? You don't really necessarily maybe need that coverage Um, But then you start to think a little bit bigger when you get a larger family, you own a home, you have a couple of cars. If you have not enough insurance to cover the cost of an accident, for example, if somebody has significant medical bills, they can sue you um, and take some of your assets. And that's where you really need to look into getting more protection, more insurance to make sure that the insurance can cover the cost of a person in an accident and they don't start coming for you and your assets.
0: Yeah, talk about that a little bit more. So uh, that was actually one of my kind of key questions. If we if we are in an accident and are we find out in the moment perhaps that we didn't have enough car insurance mm-hmm. to cover all of the costs, what are our options? Do we have any, or is there a way to to better set ourselves up? Yeah, I would say the general rule of thumb: make sure that you have um,
1: enough for any conceivable normal accident. If you don't have enough. It can be a very complicated process based on the circumstances of the accidents. Sometimes the other person's insurance will kick in. Sometimes the other person's health insurance may kick in to take care of some of the medical bills. But at the end of the day, you are liable if you are at fault. For example, if you're drunk driving or even if you're on your phone or you just, you know, you jerk the wheel and something happens, that's your fault in the eyes of the law. And you're on the hook for making that other person whole.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah, that's not a good scenario. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> um, I, I teach at a university in Los Angeles and I had a student a couple of years ago who came to me just panicked. And uh, he said, I, I don't know what to do, professor. I got in a car sideswiped like four or five cars the other, you know, a few days ago. And I I think it was a month prior, he had let his car insurance lapse because mm-hmm. he was trying to decide, well, do I pay for my car insurance or do I go do other things that I want to do with my money? And so he just uh, didn't know what to do. And a couple of the people were actually suing him for, it was around $25,000. And he was a student, didn't have the cash, and you know was just one of those really, really tough life lessons that um, he learned, OK, I have, I've got to actually have some coverage. He ended up having to file bankruptcy at, you know, 20 years old, Ugh. which I felt absolutely terrible for. But he said, I'm going to go out and be the best advocate for for having car insurance. But so many people have a scenario like that where they've let it lapse or they just decided, you know, I don't need as much coverage and something like that happens. Yeah, and
1: that is such a worst-case scenario and a great lesson for everybody. That is exactly the reason why the state mandates this minimum coverage, right? Because if he had even had that, the cheapest that he could buy, he would have been protected a little bit more and potentially even avoided bankruptcy. But we're all human, and we know that there, there are other things. You know, If he had had a young family, the choice of feeding them or sheltering them versus car insurance is a pretty easy one, as unfortunate as that is. If you look in cities like Detroit, Michigan, the average insurance cost per year is about $6,000, um, whereas the national average is about $1,500 a year. So wow. there are certain places where it is a big deal. You know, can you imagine four dollars or $500 a month um, to cover your car? That that's, can be a really difficult decision to make. So it certainly is worth getting into figuring out how and when you can you know, make some sacrifices even within your insurance um to get what you need at a baseline.
0: When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third-party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found quince and I am in love. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm.
1: Everyone knows that putting money aside and savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. That is
0: unbelievable. I mean, that's shocking and sad and heart wrenching that that um, happens in, in different locations. But is is that the norm? I mean, we could just, if we shopped all around the US, we would find these like wildly different rates. Yes, that
1: is the norm. So like I said, the average hovers around um, 1500. And that's the mean too. So most of them are in that price range. The, the least expensive I've ever seen is around the North Carolina area, sometimes even $900 a year for that's pretty inexpensive. But if you look in these places where it's up in the multiple thousands, there's many factors that go into it. A blanket statement is any state in a hurricane zone will usually have higher flooding is a really big issue for car insurance companies. Because as you can imagine, it just wipes out everybody in one swoop. It's not just you getting in one accident. It's every car on the lot, every car in the neighborhood getting destroyed by flood waters. So of course, insurance is more expensive in those areas. But in the case of Michigan, there were actually a lot of legislative factors that went into car insurance. They tried a couple different unique ways to price it in their state that ended up leading to a lot of fraud, which ended up leading to those enormously high rates to the point where car insurance became one of the top four issues in their gubernatorial race. (laughs) I don't know how many governors argue right. about car insurance, talking but about
0: car insurance, yeah. in Michigan,
1: it was, it was the haps, as they say. I
0: can understand that. I mean, I would be, I would be seriously considering moving to a different state. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Talking about that. I just recently moved uh, to a different state. I moved from uh, Los Angeles, actually to North Carolina that you bring <laughs> that up. And I, I was You know, we moved here and it was it's been a couple of months and I hadn't changed my car insurance yet. And then I started shopping around saying, wait a minute, the rates are a lot, a lot lower. Uh, So does that happen a lot if you move that that you move into an area where either rates are higher or lower? But is there a a time period you should wait or how should you kind of shop around in, in that situation? Yeah, the savvy shopper would probably um, take a little look before they moved,
1: right, just so you could see what you're getting into. I personally have alerted friends of mine moving to Detroit um, like, hey, this is a crazy outlier and I only know this from my job. Um, But in general, you can start to look and see, Okay, what's it like in my area? But something interesting is that it is changed down to the zip code. So Shauna, even Mm -hmm. if you move from, you know, one zip code in LA to another, your rates could have changed. So as soon as you kind of alert your insurance company to the fact that your car is now living at a different address, that's when the rates will officially change. You should probably do that sooner rather than later, just so you avoid any kind of you know, accusations of fraud or like you're trying to conceal something, the insurance companies are reasonable, right? They're not going to come knocking on your door, but they don't know where it (laughs) is, I Are they? I I hope not. (laughs) Knocking on your old door um, and see. But you should get that changed over. And that would also be a good time to have a conversation with your insurance company, if you have the time, about what options are available to you. Because say you've moved to North Carolina to be closer to family, Perhaps you're not driving as far in your commute. You're driving fewer miles. That affects what you pay. So being able to have your insurance agent talk you through, hey, what happened? Is there a change in your life? Are you going down to one car? Is there a different home you're bundling with? That will be a good moment in time reminder to kind of look at the whole picture.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the bundling. I mean, I have been a huge fan of bundling. We have Our car insurance. We have a rental renter insurance policy, and we also bundle an umbrella policy together. Mm -hmm. And all of those together, we're able to save quite a quite a fair share of money. Talk to me a little bit about. For those who are listening don't under don't know this, like why does the process, I guess, of bundling, like how does that make things so amazing in terms of cost?
1: Yeah, it's a great, great way to save money. And the best part is I'm so glad you mentioned renters. You don't have to own a home. It can be bundling with your renters insurance. It also can be bundling with somebody who lives in your same address it doesn't have to be married. So roommates, um, a long term partner, anybody who lives in that address, you can all bundle. And the reason why the insurance companies offer these savings is because you are essentially two customers in one. And so they're really happy that they don't have to go out and find more customers to have under their, you know under their umbrella, so to speak. You're there and you're able to do both products. So they want to say, great, thank you so much, Shauna. You've made our lives easier. Hopefully we're making your life easier. They know about you. They've got you on their books. And so they're going to reward you for that. Um, and it makes so much sense when you think about it that way. But it's certainly one of the biggest things you can do almost instantly um, to save money is to consolidate that into one company.
0: And I love to save money. So
1: <laughs> <Me too.
0: laughs> let's talk about that. Are there are there any other tips or uh, strategies we should em- employ to save money on our car insurance without compromising, of course, our coverage? Oh,
1: yeah. Here we go. Here's the laundry list. So okay, good. Yes, f- I'm
0: ready. I'm ready. The four biggest
1: things that go into what you pay are where you live. So everything down to your zip code. The second is who you are, your age, your gender, your marital status, your credit score, whether or not you own a home, and in some cases even your education level or your occupation. How you drive is the third category. So that's if you have accidents, tickets, um, if you don't drive very much or very often, and then finally, what you drive. So is your car new, is it used, is it a Ferrari, is it a minivan? All of those things go into how you um, are priced for your insurance. So the things you have control over is, of course, your vehicle, first and foremost. Um, you theoretically have control for the most part on how you drive. If you've got a lead foot like me, then maybe ease up on that habit a <laughs> little right bit. I'm right
0: with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it can get you into trouble. Um, your credit. This is actually something, Shauna, that is super controversial. Um, <sighs> because credit score in and of itself, you know, has such a, kind of checkered past and history in terms of, you know, equity and things that are making it fair. And the the, uh, insurance companies use it to determine how likely you are to pay your bill on time. And so that is why they give you a break if you have good credit. Oh. Um, but unfortunately, that can lead to a bad cycle for people who have poor credit, maybe through not no fault of their own. So if you are working towards raising your credit score just so that you could potentially get a mortgage loan, that's also going to help your car insurance. And as soon as you hit a new credit tier, you should let your insurance company know immediately because you can save anywhere from 16 to 20% in, wow. just, just on your credit score.
0: Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting, from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts is there Is there like a sweet spot for our credit score that we're aiming for?
1: Just the higher the better um because that is an indication to the car insurance companies that you are most likely going to pay your bill on time and be essentially um not you know somebody they're going to have to track down for their premiums, which affect the whole delicate balance of right. their insurance world
0: I'm glad you really brought up credit score because I talk a lot on this show that credit score isn't just when we're trying to get a loan. I mean, landlords are using credit score. Employers are using credit score. Car insurance uses credit score. So there's lots of uses for a good credit score that I think is, is I don't know, that information just isn't really talked about, but that's really important, particularly if we're trying to save money.
1: Yeah, the national average, if you improve your credit score from very poor to exceptional, so the lowest or the highest in car insurance, cost alone would yield you 114% savings, which is an average of about $1,500. Oh. So again, that's just for a spotless record, all things being the same except for credit score. It's that impactful.
0: Wow, that is crazy. Those mm-hmm. are big numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So nothing to play around with. And it certainly has a multitude of benefits, like you just
0: said. So, thinking about the last um, couple of years, the pandemic, all of the craziness that that we've all been through, I'm wondering if the car insurance industry has evolved, changed. Has that made a big impact because people weren't driving as much? Definitely,
1: yeah. When when the pandemic first hit in about March of 2020, people were panicking because you know we like to say America was parked. People were barely going anywhere, there were lockdowns, um, and the insurance companies obviously saw a dramatic drop in claims because nobody was on the road getting in accidents, which means they had this surplus of money that they then had to kind of adjust by lowering their rates. But then an interesting thing we saw in driving behavior is that when people were driving they were driving so recklessly and really angry. yes so oh, they were yeah. actually the insurance companies were losing the same amount of money because the claims while fewer were more severe so that is a total you know social behavior science <laughs> look into something influencing something as cut and dry numbers as insurance but as far as adjusting, like you said, they have looked into things called telematics. Have you heard of that, that no, option no. in car insurance? No, tell me about that. So telematics are devices that insurance companies can use to take a look at your driving behavior. They can be apps on your phone, which can really freak some people out, or they can be a little bit less personal um, plug-ins to your car to see oh, how many okay. miles you're driving or how fast you're going, how hard you brake. And insurance companies like to remind you that they will only ever use this information to give you savings. They will not penalize you. So they try to make it. I don't know about
0: that. It feels feels a little like uh, a little gray area, but but yes, if they said that, then okay, we're going to have to trust them. Exactly.
1: We'll have to hold them to it. I mean, they're pretty big guys with a lot of eyes on them. So hopefully they are, um, they can be trusted, but A lot of people like you just had that reaction. So do I, you know, do you really want them watching? Um, So to some people, it's not worth it. They're going to keep their privacy a little closely guarded. Others are like, heck yeah, all I go is to the grocery store and maybe Starbucks once a week. What are they going to do? They should see that I'm driving safely and I don't want to pay for, you know, them assuming I'm driving worse than I am. So that can be an option. And a lot of people really flocked to it as they started remote work and got rid of their commute.
0: Yeah, I'm probably guilty on both of those things, driving very fast and using the brake probably a little bit too hard. Yeah, well, you've never been in an accident, so it's worked out. Right, let's knock on, let's all collectively knock on some serious hardwood right now. (laughs) Knock, knock, knock. Right, right, exactly. Well, I'm also thinking about, I love the idea of like action steps or checklists, and I'm wondering if we did get into an accident. Is Mm -hmm. there a checklist of things we need to think about or do before we would file a claim? I would definitely say, you know,
1: gather all of the evidence, take pictures, um, write down your account of what happened, and then remember to remind yourself to compare your rates because unfortunately, getting into an accident, whether or not it's your fault, will raise your insurance rates. And that's just kind of an unfortunate fact of life that being said, there's certain car insurance companies set up to deal with people from who have multiple accidents better than others that are maybe a little bit more forgiving. Um, so shopping around on a comparison website like the Zebra will show you all of those options. And maybe it's only a little bit of a bump. So you would rather stay with the person, the company that you're bundled with in your home. It's not worth it to break all that apart. But maybe if it's a significant amount, um, you could see some relief from those those rate hikes post accident.
0: So even if it's not our fault, we're still going to see higher rates. That's right. Certainly not as high of rates. It is a gradient,
1: you know, an at fault accident is much more harshly punished, if you will, um, than a not at fault accident. But the insurance companies, you know, justify all of this from math and statistics. And they said, well, You were in the wrong place at the wrong time and you got in an accident and your neighbor didn't. So you're going to pay a little bit more because you're a riskier driver for not avoiding that. And I know that sounds (sighs) so harsh and unfair, but it's all a numbers game. And and that's how they were able to make those determinations.
0: Wow. I mean... That's crazy. I understand it, but it still boggles yeah, my brain. A bit. The fact that I just happened to be in the wrong location at the wrong time and then right. being penalized for it. But so how long, how long do you, do you keep those higher rates? Like, can you move out of those after a period of time?
1: You can, but it's three years. Um, <sighs> and There are also certain state-specific timelines. So in California, for example, if you get a DUI, that stays on your, those higher rates stick for anywhere from five to 10 years. So (laughs) that is, of course, your fault, a DUI. It's not the same as somebody hitting you, Um, but just know that it's not just you get the fine, you get the ticket. Um, it's an, these insurance rates for anywhere from three to five to 10 years, depending on what the infraction is and where you live.
0: Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't want you
1: messing around with your car.
0: <laughs> no. So I would imagine you, you've you already shared that you, you learned some incredible tips working at the, at the zebra about that you can implement in your own life. I'm, I'm curious, like what excites you about working in this industry, like car insurance, something that most people don't even want to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably very similar to you, Shauna, is just being able to let people know that they have options and empower them to take control of their financial life and really yeah. adjust and tailor what they have um, based on what they need. And so it really is interesting when you dig into the nitty gritty of it. Um, for example, another little tip I learned is don't let your coverage lapse. So you told that story about your student who just you know, decided to forego the insurance. If he had done that even for a day before he bought his next car, he would still have a small penalty on his insurance for just letting it lapse instead of keeping it, even if he didn't have the car anymore until he bought his next one. So little tips like that, you know, maybe one person listening to this is going to the dealership next weekend. They were thinking of hitting cancel on that policy today because they got rid of that car. No, you'll see a small hike in your insurance rates if you do that. So being able to share little tips like that just to make your life a little easier and feel a little more empowered is is something I find
0: really exciting and nerdy. (laughs) I like that. I like the exciting nerdy nerdy combination. You're speaking my language. So let's say I'm listening. Uh, This is obviously like a jolt to me. I know I need to go out and and at least shop around for my car insurance. Let's say I'm going to Zebra. I'm going anywhere to kind of look at different rates. Like what information should I have in front of me when I'm when I'm out there shopping?
1: It's a great idea to have your current policy in front of you so that you can compare apples to apples. Um, That's something that is probably the first point of confusion that you could avoid of like, wait, this is super cheap. But is it, is it going to you know provide me a rental if I'm in an accident? Because right. mine does that now and I don't know. So have that policy up um, and then have in mind kind of what risk, financial risk you're willing to take on. If, if savings is the most important thing to you, every dollar counts because of inflation and other things going on in the market. Know that and make your peace with the fact that you may have to forego some coverage and just plan to drive safer, drive during the day and not at night, et cetera. Um, But also know too, like, hey, we've we've just bought a house or we just had a baby. I can't take on risk right now. I'm going to set my budget and my expectations accordingly.
0: Fantastic. Wow. Well, okay, Nicole, this did not feel like eating our veggies. Great. (laughs) Thanks for making talking about car insurance fun. I so appreciate it. If somebody's listening, they want to connect with you or they want to head to The Zebra to shop around. Like, Tell us how we do this. Yeah.
1: Head over to thezebra.com, one word, and we can um, and hook you up all in one place, look at everything and your options. You can use our website or even call a friendly voice our agents are standing by just to answer questions if that's all you have.
0: First of all, I had no idea that you should be shopping for car insurance every 6 to 12 months. That has just blown my mind. Also, I didn't know that no matter if you're the person who caused the accident or the victim in the accident your rates are still going to go up for for years as nicole said <laughs> that is crazy so hopefully you got something amazing from this episode some great money saving tips from nicole and maybe you're already shopping around if you enjoyed this episode i'd be honored if you'd leave a review in the podcast player you're listening to this episode in right now the reviews they help our show to continue to grow and i Really appreciate them all, even the not-so-good ones. I'll see you back here in a few days to talk some more money.